Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans. And today is Saturday of the 16th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Show favour, O Lord, to your servants, and mercifully increase the gifts of your grace, that, made fervent in hope, faith and charity, they may be ever watchful in keeping your commands. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. Moses went and told the people all the commands of the Lord and all the ordinances. In answer, all the people said with one voice, We will observe all the commands that the Lord has decreed. Moses put all the commands of the Lord into writing, and early next morning he built an altar at the foot of the mountain with twelve standing stones for the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he directed certain young Israelites to offer holocausts and to emulate bullocks to the Lord as communion sacrifices. Half of the blood Moses took up and put into basins. The other half he cast on the altar. And taking the book of the covenant, he read it to the listening people. And they said, We will observe all the Lord has decreed. We will obey. Then Moses took the blood and cast it towards the people. This, he said, is the blood of the covenant the Lord has made with you, containing all these rules. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The God of gods, the Lord, has spoken and summoned the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion's perfect beauty he shines. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Summon before me my people, who made covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens proclaim his justice, for he, God, is the judge. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Pay your sacrifice of thanksgiving to God and render him your votive offerings. Call on me in the day of distress. I will free you and you shall honour me. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Alleluia, alleluia. Receive and submit to the word planted in you. It can save your souls. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus put another parable before the crowds. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everybody was asleep, an enemy came, sowed darnel all among the wheat and made off. When the new wheat sprouted and ripened, the darnel appeared as well. The owner's servants went to him and said, Sir, was it not good seeds that you sowed in your field? If so, where does the darnel come from? Some enemy has done this, he answered. 
And the servant said, Do you want us to go and weed it out? But he said, No, because when you weed out the darnel, you might pull out the wheat with it. Let them both grow till the harvest, and at harvest time I shall say to the reapers, First collect the darnel and tie it in bundles to be burnt. Then gather the wheat into my barn. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we come to a really important point in the book of Exodus here. Yesterday we heard about the Ten Commandments, uh, which Moses brought down from Mount Sinai for the people. Um, And then from there, the next couple of chapters, we have what's known as the Book of the Covenant. Um, If you like, it's it's a bit like an explication of the Ten Commandments, describing the way that Israel needs to live with God and, and, and live with each other. So Moses receives all of this from God, uh, and then he passes it on to the people. And then the people all say with one voice, this is what we hear today, we will observe all the commands that the Lord has decreed. And Moses put all the commands of the Lord into writing, and early next morning he built an altar at the foot of the mountain with 12 standing stones for the 12 tribes of Israel. It's at that point then that we hear something that you know, to our modern sensibilities, is a little bit gross. We hear this. Moses directed certain young Israelites to offer holocausts and to immolate bullocks to the Lord as communion sacrifices. So at this point, we've got to imagine an altar uh, not being like the kind of altar that we see in church, you know, something that resembles a table, but instead uh, an altar to be, you know, kind of like a large platform. Uh, And... These animals are being sacrificed on the altar, right? Uh, And then we hear that the blood of these sacrifices, these burnt offerings, these holocausts, right? Now, get this. Half of the blood Moses took up and put into basins, the other half he cast on the altar. And taking the book of the covenant, he read it to the listening people, and they said, we will observe all that the Lord has decreed, We will obey. Then Moses took the blood and cast it toward the people. All right. Yuck. Now, um, I suppose to our sensibilities, it all sounds very, very strange. But to the Israelite mindset, this makes perfect sense. What's being expressed here is something deeply symbolic. Moses says to the people, This is the blood of the covenant that God has made with you, containing all these rules, right? What's in the book of the covenant, right? This whole ritual speaks of the reality of what God has done by drawing Israel into this special relationship with him, into this covenant. Because what is it? He's made them his own, and they have become his. I'm your God. You're my people. And the people respond, you are our God. We are your people. This covenant now is a reality of belonging. They're family. And the blood of these sacrifices speaks of the new 
blood relationship they have with one another. As families share a life, so too do God and these 12 tribes now share a life. So when Moses spills the blood on the altar, it's a sign of God entering into this covenant because the altar is kind of the trysting place between God and man. And then when Moses flings the blood on the people, it's them being marked out as the ones who now have entered into this blood relationship, this belonging to God. And they've both pledged themselves. So, you know, in the positive sense, we can say that, yeah, 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 they have entered into this blood relationship with one another, this relationship of belonging. But there's also a kind of negative sense that's being expressed here in this ritual. Because look what happened to these animals. They were slaughtered. They poured out their blood. And in a kind of blood oath, both God and Israel, they sort of put their lives on the line. They make an oath, cross my heart and hope to die. If I'm unfaithful to this covenant, if having made a gift of myself to you, I now break this bond, what do I lose? I lose myself. I die. And so we can see the reality of this covenant. It's all or nothing. This covenant is ratified in blood. I think it's worthwhile for us to pause and to see what the logic is of this rather strange sacrificial action that Moses is performing. Because the blood of this covenant is going to be taken up by Jesus. What happens at the Last Supper? He takes the chalice and he says, This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant. There is a new belonging, a new relationship, a new covenant that is being forged by God himself. And this time, not with the blood of bulls, but in the blood of his son. Not in the sacrifice of an animal, but in the saving death of the son of God. You see, when we look at what Moses does at the foot of Mount Sinai, it's all a bit vicarious. You see, these animals, they, they stand instead of us. You know, they say, right, you know, we give our lives to God. Uh, and the sign of that is that, you know, we take these animals and, and give their lives to God. And, and, and vice versa, you know, God is saying the same thing. Like, I entrust my whole life to you. I pour out my life to you so that I am truly yours. Now what do we see? In Jesus, we see one who is fully God and fully man. He is the true mediator of this new covenant. What happens as his blood is poured out upon the altar of the cross? What do we see? God himself pouring out his own life for the sake of his people. 
It's not just some stinky animal as an outward sign of this true love. No, 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 this is divine love outpoured. But by the same token, as Jesus dies upon the cross, what do we hear? He cries out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. That his death is at the same time humanity giving its life to God. Jesus now stands for all of us. In the sacrifice of Jesus, we see now the blood poured out on the altar, the blood poured out on the people, the blood of God, the blood of man. You know what? You can't top that. (laughs) It doesn't get more profound than that. And because you can't top it, This covenant, this new belonging of God to his people in Christ Jesus, because it's the absolute pinnacle and the peak, this is the new and eternal covenant. This one lasts forever. The covenant with Moses, it finds its fulfillment in Jesus. Here we find the true and deepest belonging between God and his people. And so we see this celebrated in the Eucharist. This one great sacrifice is represented. It's put before us. And as Jesus gives us that instruction to take his body and eat it, to take the chalice of his blood and to drink from it, what are we doing? We're placing ourselves under the covenant, allowing that blood to be flung upon us as its crimson red reconciles us with God and makes us pure and white. And so in the Eucharist, we have this moment of deep and intimate communion. When God places his own life in our hands and says, I'm yours, and you're mine. And in receiving his life, we make the same gift back. Yes, Lord, you are my God, and I am entirely yours. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, 
joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.